Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Psych in the City. I'm the Psych, Heather Abel, and the city is Hollywood, California. Today's guest is a very special in my heart. His name is Jimmy Ray Bennett. He is an extraordinary actor, singer, dancer, Broadway talent, voiceover talent, you name it. He is a true thespian, a lover of life, and also a comedian. Oh my God, all day long a comedian. Let's welcome Jimmy Ray Bennett. <laughs> All right. All day long, a comedian. Yeah, because we're in a shitload of pain, so we're funny, right? Oh, undeniably. Are you kidding? How are you, my sweet, dear friend? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to see um, to see you. It's You know, I, I've been in quarantine for so long, and my bubble's pretty small up in New York City because so many people left. So it's great to see anybody, to be honest. But you makes it more special. Oh, my God. Well, you're in New York. We'll tell everyone Jimmy Ray is in New York. And so that's been hit hard, huh? Yeah, but now we, we managed to um, kind of get it under control. But now it feels like people are, you know, being crazy again and doing things that they shouldn't. Like about a mile from me yesterday and um, there was a huge like street party, apparently. I just saw it on the news. So, you know, I'm hoping that um, people <laughs> get it out of their system and go back to... Uh, <laughs> staying away from each other and wearing a mask and you know it's kind of like that here too but let's talk about fun stuff so i want to talk about how we met oh yeah do you remember that faded day when we fell in love it's it's one for the books it was at um it was in venice california i mean wait you're in california i don't know why i'm saying it like people don't know what it Ve- well it was in venice italy no <laughs> No, it was at um, it was at Roosterfish on Abbott Kinney before Abbott Kinney completely changed. It was like the last kind of year of pretty gay bar. Yeah, um, Roosterfish sucks now. Oh, it's insane down there. You- they allow straights and they allow bachelorette parties, and that's the worst kind of gay bar. Oh yeah. Well, now also, I mean, gay bars in general. Like, I mean, when I when you used to go to gay bars, it was actually like you went there to, you know, meet people like talk, um, possibly get a date, things like that. But then like once phones happened and suddenly you have like apps too, to where men don't actually go to bars to meet other men to actually date. They do that on an app and then they go to the bar to, you know, sit with their friends and uh, judge others, (laughs) judge others outfits. (laughs) It's also that crazy thing that like going to a gay bar has become this thing for bachelorette parties. Oh, the fucking bachelorette parties kill me. Yeah. And you're just like, what is it? And it feels like like the zoo. Like, oh, my yeah. God, let's go to where, like, the drag queens are, the gay people are, and we'll just, like, ah. And you're like, come on. Those fucking basic bitches. 
Yeah. I mean, although I, usually when gay men get married, we go to uh, basic bitch bars. Do you? Stare at them. No. Are you? <laughs> I'm horrible. I'm not being spiritual at all. I'm being so catty right now. Oh, yeah, we shouldn't be catty. We're very... <laughs> we should pretend to be involved. Can we pretend to be involved? I mean, don't you think that there can be like a balance between evolved and catty? <laughs> <laughs> well, you and I have always been like our worst selves with each other, I think, because we let ourselves be organically us. And I love that about our relationship. But I find that I never, neither one of us are ever unkind or... No. ...spirited when we're together. No, but we're honest as fuck. Honest as fuck. Yeah, exactly. And life being honest is not always everything's perfect. Right. Well, it's called spiritual bypassing when you just are happy and sunny and positive affirmations all the time. You know, you're not owning your truth. Is that what it's called? Spiritual by spiritual wall bypassing? We own our truth together, baby. It's really good. Yeah, I try to. Well, the truth of us is that we met at a bar. We both were up there buying a drink at the same time. We were both with two different people. And I think you said something funny and I said something funny back. And then you were like, one up to that. You were like, uh-uh, here's funny. And then I one up that. And then we were like, just like kind of stood there and looked at each other. We were like, um. I love you. Yeah, thing. <laughs> like, and so we actually made a friendship date, a blind, like not a blind one because we had met each other for a minute and a half, but we made a date to meet each other about a week and a half later. And I didn't know it was a friendship date. I thought we were going to be together forever and get married. Oh, yeah. Look, I came with <laughs> all intention to put out. You just didn't. You mean you were gay? I don't get this. Hardly. <laughs> I am decidedly gay. <laughs> Which in Hollywood, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, I'd be like, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> of course. Oh, my God. Isn't that sad? It's so crazy how much it's changed. Yeah. Well, thank God. Look, there's still biases on everything, you know? It's like, but yeah, it's, everything has changed though now. So it's, it's interesting to see where things end up and where they go. So whenever we, you and I go through periods of depression. Today, I am, we have, it's the cancer in us. And, uh, you know, that's, it's because we're cancers. That's the only reason. It's not, it's not <laughs> mental illness carried down from generations. It's just because we're cancers. But, um, Today I've had this really hard day and I've been crying all day. And um, why? I feel like people let me down. But I, but I was what I'm getting at is we're, we'll talk about that in a minute. But whenever you're down, you know, because your work is so sporadic, you're either high as a kite or low as low as low. And when you, whenever you get down, I say to you, Jimmy Ray, listen to me. You are you have been the voice of the one of this character, uh, Floyd Herbert Hubert on the Grand Theft Auto, right? The, the number one video game in the world, Grand Theft Auto. I'm like, who can say that, right? Like, the thing is, is it's hilarious is he's like this redneck guy. He's like this grisly, gritty redneck guy. And you're like this soft, sensitive, sweet gay guy in real life. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm historically a redneck. Tell me about it. I grew up on a farm in uh, outside of Tallahassee, Florida. And yeah, my, um, so I grew up, I had to feed chickens before I went to the bus stop. And uh, my entire family is Southern. I, I think I got rid of, um, I mean, my name is Jimmy Ray. I think I tried to get rid of the Southern accent early on because I was, I'm a, 
I love theater the most. And so it was all about like being kind of a blank page. It's kind of a different world, you know what I mean? So you don't want to go in being so specific to one thing so they can put you anywhere. But yeah, I grew up in the rural, rural South. Like my family is still rural, rural. My dad's Jimmy Ray Sr. My Stop. My mom's Janie Mae. My grandma and all her sisters were named after cows. It's like Annie Bell, Flossie, Lula, Queenie. Um, Fronia was another aunt. Stop it. Um, oh, yeah. When you go back home. Car was a three-wheeler. No, stop. <laughs> like when I go home. Because, you know, I'm from a, a commune. We kind of share similar feelings, you know, about our youth because we were so far off the grid. And I was on a commune, you were on a farm. But, like, I always say I feel like Zoolander going back to the coal mine. You know, the scene where he's in his blue snakeskin suit and he's going back to the coal mine to see his family. Did you ever see Zoolander? He's from West Virginia? Yeah, he's from a coal mine. So he has these, like, coal mining parents who are, like, in the in the midst of the woods and he's wearing a blue snakeskin suit and like pointy boots and his hair is all done and he has all this like baton luggage and he's going back to the coal mine so i, I always say i'm i feel like zoolander going back to the coal mine <laughs> i love it you gotta see a, I can't believe i haven't seen that movie ah. um b i especially felt that way early on when i first got to new york and i would go home and i was also would have like i had spiked hair it was like very ravery sort of situation, platform shoes and things like that. And I would show up at home and luckily they were like, that's our boy. But we had also done a lot of like getting through the early childhood shit by that time. So it was, it was much easier and better. Mine too. They embraced me. They were like, it was like de rigueur by then. Oh yeah. I mean, your relationship with your dad is so interesting and special too. Yeah. It's the best. Okay. So let's talk about sorrow and pain. <laughs> Yeah, let's go back to start. Well, why, like in thinking about um, why you were sad today, and I mean, you're, you're Gemini with what, a cancer? Um... I'm the 21st, you're the 26th of June, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I'm closer to Gemini. I feel like a Gemini most of the time. I was born under Gemini. But today, it's like sometimes don't you feel the weight of the world? And then like people are letting you down. And I always say... Don't expect you out of people, right? Because when you start expecting you out of people, then you can have that let down feeling. And then that creates depression, right? And depression is when you live in the past, right? Undeniably. So what we're doing is you're either missing someone or you're missing a feeling or you're missing a, 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 a situation, right? So you're living in the past. So the answer to this sadness is to be here now, right? Well, when you say somewhat people let you down, is it because they don't rise to the expectations that you have for yourself and them? Or is it just simple things that become bigger in your mind than it is for them, possibly? Well, that's good. That's what I call scripting is when you have things in your mind it, like you expect, so you basically create a script in your mind, like, oh, Jimmy Ray's going to bring me flowers today, then we're going to the beach, and, you know, <laughs> all this crap, but, like, it doesn't work out like that. That's scripting, right? Or if you have a crush on someone, oh, they're going to call me, and then we're going on a date, and this and that, that's scripting, right? And then it doesn't happen. Or the former, where you said... Um, what, that uh, they're not aware of your expectations, possibly, so they can't meet them? Right. But it's like, 
you can't have this is the this is the rub, right? You can't have expectations. That is the, there therein lies the bliss if you have no expectations. Oh yeah, but who who the hell doesn't have an expectation? Even if you're not thinking about anything, those things come up. It's like your side brain. Even if you're if me looking at you right now, I understand one thing. There's still a second part of me that's working and has an expectation for even how this is going to go. You know what I mean? You think? Uh, I think so. In my mind, yeah. Probably right. not for everybody, but I can only say what happens in this noggin. You know? Right. It's it's like I almost feel disappointed thinking okay, I've reached a state in my spiritual practice where I shouldn't have expectations. But then this comes out of me where I'm going, oh, I am affected and I did have, I was expecting me out of someone. So then I feel disappointed, you know? Right. So where is that coming from? Well, it's an interesting thing. I know that if I look at times that I've disappointed people. Right. And I look at it from that point of view, I know that usually, I'd say like 98% of the time, I mean, maybe there's like 5% where I was like, yeah, that was maybe something that I wanted to do subconsciously. But um, most of the time, it's not my intention to fall short for someone, to not show up in the way that they need me. And, and I just also hope that they never hold me to my worst moments with them. You know what I mean? That, that two, we... It's so easy, even with everything that goes on in the world, the negative things ring so much louder than the positive things. And so also, I find that sometimes with my relationships with people, one hurt will suddenly umbrella all of the happy that that person has given me for a moment when that's not the case. You know what I mean? Oh, that's beautiful. You just lifted my spirit. Well, good. I mean, because, you know... I, I if you think about that, I mean, we're all, we're all getting through and doing what we think is right at the time, unless people are inherently not good. And we know those people right away. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like the one at the bar. No, <laughs> that we were hanging out with. Oh, my God. That's so funny. There's such a funny story there. But do you remember when I met you? This is so I get stuck in my ego. This is a lot of a big flaw in mine. And that's where I think today's sadness is coming from is it's based in ego and but of course. of course so you remember when I met you I said to you do you remember the line I used I said I'm a known psychic and I gave you my card <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is a known psychic and, and I, I'm not known I'm underground baby <laughs> I can't believe it. I do not remember I, I, I my memory also probably from my childhood trauma or whatnot is like so fleeting, unless it's a weird fact about like a song from the 1920s. Right. Uh, <laughs> I do remember you saying something similar to that. <laughs> I can remember who I was there with. I remember who you were there with. Who? It's probably a dude. No, it was a, it was a, a it was, um, it was a lesbian and pretty. Oh, yes, I remember. Okay, yeah. They were a kind of a grifter type. Yeah. <laughs> You know them grifter types down there in Venice. Oh my God, my nail just came off in my hair. <laughs> oh my God, that's that's a teaching moment. <laughs> because of COVID, I'm doing press-ons. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, COVID is crazy in LA because you guys had it under control and then suddenly you're back to 
not have- Oh, we're a bunch of dummies, <laughs> just like you guys. Or just like all of us, you know what I mean? All of us. Well, we're like birds in cages. No one, uh, you know, no one wants to be in a cage. It's hard psychologically. With everything, that, all the freedoms that we've been given in the modern age, it's definitely hard. People right. a long time ago were much better suited for it. Well, you and I can handle it because you're from a farm and I'm from a commune. But I mean, to me, it actually hasn't been very different from anything in my life because I think organically I'm inclined to isolation. And I think you are too. I mean, mentally I'm isolated, physically, physical isolation really didn't affect me that much. Well, like I'm a very outgoing person. I'm an extrovert, introvert guy where even when I'm at big parties and even if I'm like throwing it or whatnot, the entire time I'm thinking or making plans to when I'm going to leave and be by myself again. Oh my God, French exit. I'm all about the French exit. I say I'm a- Wait, What's the French exit? You slap someone in the face and leave? No, the French exit is when you don't say goodbye to anyone and you sneak out. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But, yeah, we uh, call that the Irish goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> but I always say I'm an introverted extrovert. Yeah, I think that about you. I mean, because once again, you're like, we're very similar in that way. You're the most outgoing and hilarious. And when we go big, we go big. But then we want to, but you can also go big by yourself in, in smaller <laughs> groups than like, you know. But we both put it on when we're out. I mean, we, we put on a freaking show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're drinking oh, buddies. Well, well, I mean, it's saying that it's not inauthentic it's not god no we but we like others to be happy we like to entertain others and make them feel warm and happy and loved yeah no i'm trying to lose weight so but i never was really addicted to alcohol it's just like you know if so it's seamless comes habitual yeah and for me weight and we're just number one weight is number one nothing tastes as good as being thin feels i mean a little bit i mean for me too growing up in the country i was that was a big part of my story is that I was over 300 pounds as a teenager. You know what I mean? So tell me, I, I think there's a sweet spot that happens. And I want to, I want to know if you agree with this where you kind of, cause I've, I got pretty up there and I'm struggling to get back down. And at my age, it's hard. Um, but I think you reach a point spiritually. It's like a sweet spot where you kind of go, okay, no more. I'm not going to continue to gain weight and you're something clicks in your mind and you kind of go, I'm on a path to wellness. I'm on a path to losing weight. I'm on a path of betterment. And I think it's something switches within you spiritually and mentally. And that's when you start losing weight. It's not necessarily about um, dieting per se. Oh no, my, the, the way I lost, because I've lost over 100 pounds. Yeah, you're, you're amazing. This feels like so different because it's, it's so long ago that it's not, even though I think about weight every day, it was all mind. It was like I yes. started with a diet, but it was literally coming, having the conversations or addressing things in my childhood. And the minute like I would like see it, say it, have a conversation about it, possibly with the person or not, like my body would be like, oh, you don't need that anymore. Because weight surprisingly weight was always like my my number one issue and because it was my number one issue it it sheltered me from all the actual issues that caused me immediate harm and pain you know what i mean so 
the the fact that I was um, was overweight was kind of all encompassing. It was also a way to become invisible. Mm-hmm. Like it's you're very uncomfortable for adults when you're an obese child. You know, people don't they feel sorry for you in some ways. There's a sadness that when they think about you, and this is just my my personal opinion on it, or or how people were around me, not necessarily. Um, you know, like at one point I was like, I, I shoplifted when I was like a, in middle school and a teenager because it was just so easy because no one looked at you. You were invisible to them. So you could, um, so you could shoplift. I don't shoplift anymore. Um, Too bad. It's such a rush. Oh God. I actually got caught. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And it was the scariest thing ever. And I've never done it since. The system works. So I have a story about that. I've always known, felt, and um, empathized with that statement. Uh, Fat people are not seen, right? So I had this court trial one day, downtown LA, and I'm going into Starbucks. And this enormous woman is walking in, probably upper threes, right? Walking through the door. And I held the door open for her. I looked her in her eyes and I said, Good morning, and I smiled because fat people are not seen, you know, and I wanted to give her love. So that that happened. Then I go into the courtroom, and it's a case that was against me due to my financials, and I, I needed to win because it was a really tough case. And, um, you know, just, just it was really hard. And um, so I go to get on the stand, and the judge walks out, and who's the judge? The fat lady. Woman? The woman who I held the door open for and looked in her eyes and smiled. And guess who won the case that day? The case was against me, and yet I was able to walk free. Wow. Because I took a moment, and I looked in her eyes, and I smiled, and I said, you are seen, and I love you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's what you call instant karma. That's instant karma. And also, it's like, how crazy that that it almost seems like saying that you would do that and then it would immediately turn around and you're like oh there you go well that's right bitch (laughs) that moment of kindness served (laughs) but that's always you know and it's also why do people shame fat people at the gym they're going to lose weight they're trying they're putting in an effort what the fuck and to to be honest like when you're that heavy and the idea of like even starting a program is so hard i know that when i was like 310 320 it's like when i thought okay to be regular if there is a regular i need to lose over 100 pounds like that's just so daunting that it's like of course it like the the can gets kicked down the road you don't really want to face it it's so hard you even when you at my heaviest, even when I would lose 20 pounds, 25 pounds, I would look at myself and convince myself that there was a difference, even though it's like I couldn't really tell a huge difference. So it's like you're not also not getting those like those kind of markers that you get when you're a, a thinner person when you lose weight. You where you're like, oh, now look at my jaw, look at this. It's like, no, I no. have to until I got those markers, I had to lose like 50 pounds or 60 pounds, you know? So it's 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 major and it's it's hugely societal as well and i mean um i i gained after my divorce 20 to 30 pounds and it's the pain of my divorce and i've never lost it and um finally i'm facing it emotionally and it's maybe why i've been crying so much too you know is because i'm letting go of that you know 
I'm letting go of the past finally, letting go of my first husband. And so it's been really difficult, but also it was so cleansing, you know, to do this. And it's funny that you say that about, um, you know, uh, you can't really see the markers and stuff. It's like, I kind of like I was in denial because, um, and of course it's not, a, it's, I, I need to lose these 20 pounds. It's, of course it's not like you, it's not extreme, but still it weighs on you when you know it's not the weight you're meant to be. It's because it's an emotional blockage of weight. And, um, but I'll, I, you know, I used to always say, oh gosh, I've, I'm fat. And people always say, oh God, no, you're not. And, and no, none of that happens anymore. You know, when I go, oh gosh, I feel fat. No one ever says, no, you don't look, everybody's just, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then I went home and, and, but there's all these things like I went home and this this guy who was a family friend goes, wow, Heather, you're not a beanpole anymore, you know, and stuff like that. You know, there's all these moments where you go, ah, shit, you know, I, it, I, it ha I do have the weight on me. You, you have to oh, wake up to it. Like, it's almost like you're in denial. Well, and you know this, that some so often, and what we were just saying about like, coming coming to grips with things and it leaving you too. And not saying that's true for everyone, but so much of it is is because you're holding on to something. So much of it is probably because you did compartmentalize something from your first marriage. You know what I mean? And Lord knows when we actually address things, even if we think we are, they come up when they need to and when they're ready to and when when the universe has something around us that will protect us from when we need to see them. I, I do feel that. I don't, I don't feel like I've ever been shown or forced cosmically to deal with something in my life that I wasn't prepared for at the time that I needed to. So how, how old were you when you lost the weight? I started losing it when I was in college. It was interesting. I, 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 was, I was working at my first summer job. I was in this, this place in North Carolina. It was called The Lost Colony. It's an outdoor drama. It's all about Roanoke. And there's like 100 people on stage in wool, um, like, costumes. Also the Queen of England's in it. Like, these huge period costumes. Um, in the middle of summer, it's misery. And because um, I also, like, in being a... I also used like comedy as a way to like kind of be biting and sarcastic and snarky and funny, but also like I had a lot of barbs to say, just like, you know, to like protect myself a little bit. And, um, and I remember I, I also grew up like heavy church of God, um, Pentecost. And so I was also very, um, I was not the kid that drank or smoked weed or did anything and was very judgmental <laughs> about it. Well, this summer, it was a hippie commune. It is just, it is tree houses. It is every, every day is a party where you dress up in a certain way. It's all in these like tree houses that you live right on the water. Rad. And I smoked weed for the first time. And, um, and I, I do hate that like my coming to God moment was me smoking weed for the first time. But I smoked weed and it was- Sounds right. Moment. It was that one moment where I was allowed to like look like kind of outside of myself where I was like above myself and looking at myself. And I was like, 
oh, you're you're mad, you're angry, and you're you're mad at some of these other people around you who aren't including you as much, and it's not them, it's you. Like it was just a it was like a huge aha. And um, and it wasn't a hard aha because I know who I am organically, which is somebody who wants love, gives love. Uh, a child of God. And it's a child of God. So it was a, a kind of like a instantaneous that I wanted to change things and live in a better way. Um, and not just, and I don't mean like suddenly I'm like eating organic. I just mean like I wanted to uh, breathe light as opposed to exhaling the heaviness of everything. Like, you know, there's, there's also, there's a lot of that. Sometimes there's that like victimhood to where you want people to know that you're in pain. There's also that asking for an expectation to where also if people give it to you, you're not sure of how to process it or how to handle it. So no matter what you're going to receive, you can't receive it period in the way that it's given or anything. It's like wearing it as a badge. Like I'm working on that with my poverty, like the fact that I wear my poverty as a badge, you know, and it's right. blocking my receiving of abundance, you know, because I'll say, oh, well, I grew up without running water, without electricity, lived in a teepee, you know, these things I'll say in in order to, you know, I'm one, I'm trying to figure out if I say them as a badge of honor, you know? Oh, undeniably. Right. Sometimes, especially the things that you go through as a young child. Right. Or the abuse, the neglect, oh, yeah. the, all of that. All of that to be interesting. Oh, how right. interesting of what I've overcome. Right. And right. then you get to a place where it's like, it's not about that anymore. It just isn't, you know? You can't be. And, and, and why can't you live in abundance and, and, and not feel guilty for it, you know? Undeniably. But also, how do you define abundance? I know this about you. I know. You're someone who lives in abundance. Yes. And not, and even in what you consider a state of poverty. Right. The way that you live is glorious, beautiful. You create things and environments and happiness and. Moments. And moments. I don't go through <laughs> In moments. Well, yeah, but I don't go through a day without a moment of, of fun or happiness and like nuggets. And. It also goes back to that thing that we kind of touched on earlier about those expectations that we create that no matter what, we won't reach. Because there's tons of people who, even when they reach the most abundance, they're still grappling for what they have considered abundance. And so it's also, sometimes you just have to sit in what you've created and be proud of it. Because like we have to be proud of our body and any weight that they are, this, you say, 20-pound over, overweight body that you have now also got you through that divorce. It carried you to have this podcast. Those legs get you out of bed each morning. And on top of all those things, the shell of your body houses a gorgeous mind, a spiritual mind that is so, so connected to so many things that blows us all away. It's so easy to see the other things as opposed to continually reminding ourselves of what makes us awesome because that also seems weird. God, I'm so awesome. Oh, this oh, is great. Oh, this is like my therapy with Jimmy Ray. But it's true. You know that. I'm all, hey, let's do a podcast. I'm depressed today. <laughs> you know what I call it? It's so many things in life. Life, sh this shit's hard. 
This shit's hard. You know what I call it is destination addiction. The idea that something in front of you out there coming up is better than what's now. You know, that's where we get fucked up. That's so good, Heather. Destination addiction, right? Why do we do that to ourselves? Well, because we're also shown that, you know what I mean? We're like, we can't even, even if we want to go on a vacation, our vacation has to look like the vacation that's been shown to us on television or we've seen someone else take. Right. It's hard to individualize anything because it's all comparative. And especially now we live in a world where everything is being shown to us at all times. Yes. To where you see like, oh, I'm having a vacation. Well, mine's just upstate New York in the woods, but Carol went to Bimini. You're like, oh, fuck you, Carol. And you're like, wait, no, I'm enjoying the woods of upstate New York. Why the fuck do I care about Bimini? I, I, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't need my body on the sand. I grew up in Florida. No. No. That's how I feel about the mountains. Because I grew up in Tahoe. It's just like, oh, if I see another mountain, man, I'm good. Oh, that's all I care about. It's mountains and like villages. So, okay. You, I went and saw you in this play. And please forgive me. I can't, because I'm like you. Memory is shot. I can't remember what it was. It was with Sarah Highland, and it was in L.A., in Los Feliz, and you sang a version of Creep that gave me chills. The way you sang Creep from Radiohead blew my fucking mind, and that is such a hard song to do. Now, I don't know if you can sing on the spot. Do it! Do it! Especially not Creep. Uh, It was was phenomenal. We used to do these things at Rockwell, over in LA. Okay. In um, Silver Lake on- uh, Yeah, that's where it was. On yes. Vermont, yeah. Um, and I was with Ray, my, my uh, gay bestie, who was now in Puerto Rico, and he fell in love with Sarah Hyland, and he made us stay after, that's the girl from Family Matters or whatever, right? Family. <laughs> no, not Family Matters. I'm um, so bad at this stuff. Family. Modern Family. family. Modern Family. Yeah. So, so he fell in love with her and he, he's the type, which we don't like the cancer in us, that has to stay and drink and drink and drink and waits for the lady to approach them. Right. You know, and I'm just like, oh my God, I want. Wait, but that. I introduced you guys, I'm sure. No. Yeah. But it was just like, you know, he's like, he's, he was so, he was gay, but not gay. He always loved the ladies too. And he's a gorgeous man but it was like dude i want to go you know there's that feeling of like i just want to go home and be in my pjs and and we were just there forever i remember that's all i remember well you love a good go home and pj it oh god yeah but i'm the same too especially after i've seen a show yeah done we're already there you saw the show which was over two hours right like hang out after you're like oh gosh no done yeah I don't get starstruck. I get, I get stars. I was. I met David Bowie. That blew my fucking mind. Oh, I would be starstruck by that. I've. I couldn't speak. I was literally speechless. I mean, because he's a god. I. I mean, he. He was my god growing up. You know. Them, I feel like Joni Mitchell. I'd be hard <gasps> to know what to do. Oh my god, we have such a mutual adoration of Joni Mitchell. Like I don't know what I'd be able to do if I saw her. At least in my mind, David Bowie's cool, but he also seems nice he was he was so nice and he was so beautiful he was glowing doesn't seem 
especially nice. <laughs> I kind of love that about her. I love that I she do, but chose... that's why I'd be more scared to say something to her. Wasn't it she chose her music over Graham Nash? Like she was going to marry Graham Nash and then she chose her music instead. I think that's so sexy. But she was also like an interesting figure for all of the, all of those guys at that point. You know what I mean? Totally. But she was like, my music's more important than any man. Of course. Had like that early, she had an early, early marriage to where I think then she was like, eh, I'm off this. I don't need it. God, just, she is incredible. Incredible. She had one of those early, because my, like my mom had my sister when she was very young. Right. Uh, and had an early marriage. And I do think it's like one of those things where you're like, uh, not going to do that again or make that mistake. I mean, my mom did, but meaning a lot of people wouldn't. I asked Iggy Pop to be on the podcast because somebody from his camp commented once on my one of my posts. So I thought he would like me, but I haven't heard back. <laughs> be the badass guest oh that'd be insane you should you should definitely have a session with him no matter what well i have done a lot of celebs but you know but not, but no one of that caliber of of coolness i love the cools I, oh the cools are the best but i wonder how um prescient everything would be like kind of for you to see you know do you find like this is a question for you do you find who are the types of people that you get the most from when you're doing a reading? Is there a, a certain type of people that you're like, oh, I can go deep here. I see a lot. Yes. More. Those who meditate, those who are spiritually evolved um, are, are more open to receiving. I think I'm more, it's just like they're opened up so I can go deeper because basically we're on the same plane vibrationally. So their vibration, they vibrate high. So I'm able to really get in there quickly and it's easy, but I can read anyone. It's, I can absolutely read anyone. Even if they're, you know, psychics will say, oh, you're blocking me. Um, I don't think it's blocking me. I think it's just that they have a lot of fear and they have a lot of, uh, uh, what's it called? They don't believe in psychics. They, they'll be uh, non-believers. Uh, oh, skeptic, you know, skeptic. So if they're a skeptic and they are... Um, also, if they're angry or they're bitter or they, they don't want to believe you, or I call it they play stump the psychic, they, they, it's like a game for them. And I'll just say, hey, are you playing stump the psychic? Because we could do this all day. And then what's the point? Yeah, I'm like, whatever. So you um, like if someone is has energy towards something that they are scared to for you to see that it. Yeah, but I'll say things like. Um, if it, like, if they're dealing with the cheating situation, you know, I'll I'll see it and I'll say things like, well, I see there are two men in your heart. Let's talk about it. You know, <laughs> something like that. Cause you know, you broach it gingerly, but, but these things have to be talked about and dealt with and worked through. That's, that's the point. You're not going to come to me and like keep things from me. Cause I know I'm psychic. Yeah. <laughs> but that's good. You're so good at not being, I think that that's. I say this having never really done a reading with you, but meaning like you're so real and, and God, what do I say? I don't, I, I was about to say flawed, but I, I mean that like in the- Oh my God, I'm deeply, deeply flawed. <laughs> Not deeply, deeply, but you're someone who it's like, we all got shit. Like- Oh yeah. 
you know what I mean? Like, so me talking about yours is not in any way, there's no judgment coming from you at any time. No. And you know what is interesting? I haven't read you because some of my friends I meet through readings. I make great friends sometimes through readings, but you and I did not meet at my office. We met at the infamous Roosterfish. Roosterfish. Roosterfish, which is now so lame. I'm, I get, poor Roosterfish is getting a bad endorsement from us. Well, they closed it, right? At one point. Did they? Yeah, they closed it. It closed. And then I think they might have reopened a different version of it that's now just a bachelor. It's like commercial now. Nothing wrong with women who are getting married. I'm not saying anything wrong with straight women getting think? married. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know. I mean, you you have you have seen you have said some things to me in moments that have undeniably um, come to fruition. There's been of moments course. like there was one specific moment where you looked at me and you said, um, and it was very very specific. It was like you were like March, March, and I was like, what? And you were like, March. It was like <laughs> it's happening in March, and that's when and that and. That was, remember, I like got on a plane to come back to my house in New York City and I got a call in on like the 3rd of March. And this is four months after. Um, well, that's, that's when you booked Hand of God, right? I started Hand of God on Amazon, yeah. Right, I remember um, that. Okay, so, so we have this segment called the voodoo that you do, all right? Oh. It's when I get kind of witchy. So what do you want to manifest in your life or what kind of uh, advice would you like from me spiritually or what kind of thing would you like to learn spiritually? You want to learn about crystals, incense, sage, anything like that? Oh, gosh. Um, what do I want to learn? Okay. I will say I, I've been, I have a set of tarot cards. Okay. That someone gave me a long time ago at like a summer stop. And every now and then I'll bring them out and I'll, do a small reading or whatnot. So I guess because I don't really know so much about them. When it comes to tarot, is it specific? Each deck, it seems, is different. And what's the... Oh, God, I don't even know. I don't even know the voodoo that you do. I'm trying to figure out... No, I, I, think, I think I know where you're going with this. So can I see the deck? Do you have it handy? Yeah. You want me to go get it? Yeah, let me see. I love it. Okay, so that's important. So when guys, when you're choosing a tarot deck, a lot of people say tarot gifts sh decks should only be gifted to you. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's important that you choose one you are drawn to. So when you're um, on the internet or you're in a, a hippie store, whatever kind of uh, new age store, you have to be drawn to the deck. Which one feels right in your heart? Which one activates your heart when you see it? So Jimmy Ray is saying he loves his deck, right? So why do, why do you love it? Was it were you energetically drawn to it? Um, I was. It was give. It was a gift. Beautiful. So if someone gifts you a tarot, that's really auspicious. Really good luck. Yeah, and so I, and then the um, it's called the Enchanted Tarot. Okay. And it's, um, oh, that's a nice one. It's beautiful. And the woman, the, the artist, it's a husband and a wife team and she creates tapestries. Wow. Oh, those are gorgeous. You guys, these are real retro looking with great like seventies art. They look really cool. 
The fool. That's the fool is new beginnings. So you just pulled new beginnings. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So I do like that. Um, I just love the. She creates tapestry artwork um, mm -hmm. through fabrics and quilting and stuff like that, and then takes a picture of it. So all of these are actually fabricated that then are then digitalized, I guess. Beautiful. They are from like the 70s and 80s. I usually get a good energy from them. I really like the book that comes with it. It's great because it always has like a, like it'll say, an, like a, it's, it has the dream where it talks about um, the kind of image on the card. Then it'll say the awakening where it will talk about um, what it feels it could mean. And then it always gives like an enchantment where it will give you something that you can do. It will, sometimes it's like really hippy dippy and witchy. Sometimes it's close your eyes, relax and cross your hands over your heart. This one is to release patterns of your own behavior that you're working against your greater good and highest joy. You must first accept the fact that these patterns in fact exist. Each day for seven days, study the paper that you, you know, it's so it's. French it shit. Yeah. So I really enjoy that. So here's, here's my thought on tarot. So um, there's this great tarot reader down on Venice Beach where we've met and fell in love. And she is old as the hills, hilarious, and face full of like clown makeup and tons of rings and all weathered from the sun. And she does tarot and just infinitely right on super incredible tarot. And I love to go to her. And uh, one day when she's doing the tarot and sh she goes, listen, honey, I don't know what the fuck these cards mean. I just make shit up. And I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 and she's always like profoundly right on with her readings. And I'm like, okay. So I get that in that I vibrate off of people. I vibrate off of what I'm feeling. I vibrate off of the mind. I vibrate off of energy, right? And then from there, I receive sentiment, right? So what I'm trying to get at is everything is energy. So it's important to receive messages into your heart when you're doing a reading. So in addition to reading the card, I want you to vibrate off the energy of the person you're reading. So the card can mean new beginnings for you, but maybe it means a new project for the person you're reading. Or maybe it means a new baby for the person you're reading. So not only tune into the card, but tune into the person. You see what I mean? Become connected to the person, right? And then you're going to receive more specific messages, okay? Also, get the book Tarot for Dummies. So then you know the gist of all this shit, right? The basics. The, you know the basics. Then you can match the basic meaning to the person, and then you can intuit with your psychic eye what that basic meaning means for them specifically, right? So you pull the fool, you go, oh, that's new beginnings. But what kind of new beginning is Heather having? Is it work? Is it love? Is it child? Then your inner wisdom will tell you. Now remember, psychic ability is feeling, not thinking. It's not a guessing game. You're not going, oh, is it this? Is it that? You just go clear your mind, 
Go to your heart. And what is your heart telling you? Heart only. What are you feeling is my new beginning? So try it right now. What is my new beginning right now? What do you feel? Don't think. What do you feel? And first thought is best thought. What do you feel? Because I do have a new beginning right now. What do you feel is my new beginning? Um, all I can think of is like, is the new beginning of how you treat yourself. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I feel like it's 100% about you. And your own self-love, yeah. Cleansing and renewal and getting myself on track, totally. That's totally it, see? And you didn't think, you, you, you felt, right? You felt yeah. that. And, and Buddhism, first thought, best thought. So I, whenever I second-guess myself in a reading, I'll go, oh, gosh, her boyfriend's name is John. And I won't say it. They'll go, oh, well, my boyfriend, John. And I'll be like, damn it, I could have made points for that. <laughs> well, it is interesting. Like the minute you said first thought, I had already come to that, but I felt like that was too neutral. See, we judge ourselves. You can't, that's ego, right? You judge yeah. yourself. You judge your thing. Like I always, the, the reading I, the reason I'm successful at readings is I don't have fear. You have to release the fear. So you have to just say the weirdest shit that comes into your mind because oftentimes it's right. And if it's not, who gives a shit? And do you uh, use tarot? No. So I started my career using cards because I was shy. And now I'm fearless. So I just say everything that I vibrate off of without needing the cards. The cards were, right. for me, kind of a crutch. So now I don't need cards. But I just love that woman on Venice Beach. Oh, my God. Hilarious. I just think they're like, I've never used them. I don't really read anyone. I just like every now and then I'll like look at them and I'll do like a pull a card for myself or whatnot. And so it, it might be interesting yeah. to look. Try it. Yeah. Try to vibrate off their energy. Yeah. And do you do the, um, what sort of, do you do that cross spread or the three card or the, what do you? I, I prefer the three card because you get into the cross spread and all this, then you're talking to him for 20 minutes and, you know, in and out, in and out, baby, in and out. Let's figure it out. <laughs> Past, present, future. There you go. Past, present, future. That's right. Oh, I love that. Where, Where should we watch for you, Jimmy Ray? Um, in this quarantine life? <laughs> yes. I mean, that's the interesting thing. Theater is, uh, theater, New York theater is not coming back until the next year. So, oh. I'm in RuPaul's show on Netflix. So you can check out AJ and the Queen. Fabulous. And um, you can play all my video games, all the Rockstar video games with GTA and the um, Red Dead Redemption and Red, Red, Red Dead Redemption 2 and stuff like that. And, uh, it's so funny. I'm in a lot of video games and I don't play video games at all. So I only rely on like looking on YouTube to see what they end up looking like or how I come across because it's my body and my face too. They digitalize you. I love it. So crazy. Yeah. So, um, after the date of nine 11, anyway, I see after that date, you booking two jobs. I like that. Yeah. Small one is, Film related, one is commercial related. Okay. So you're safe, you're good, you're gonna be cranking again. But yeah, Broadway, that sucks. Yeah, we'll, but you know what? It'll come back, we'll get there. This is a time that, you know, we're all in it together. 
Even yeah. we're all acting like we're not in it together. We are all in it together. Yeah, everybody's not in it together in these uncertain times. Yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> it's fucking crazy, man. It's like just. No, it's you know? bizarre. It's surreal. It's bizarre. It's like, did you see that movie, um, The Portrait of a Lady on Fire? No. It's so good. It's on Hulu. And it's essentially like a, it takes place in like this 1600s or something. And it's, it's kind of a, a lesbian drama that's just awesome. Fun. But most of the time, it's just people sitting in large houses in rooms with nothing to do and just like filling time. And it's like now we can't even sit in a room with 20 things to keep us occupied. Like that's still not enough for us at this day and age. You know what I mean? We're like, you can't stymie me. I need to do everything. I can't. God, I love you. I love you so much. This was so fun. I love you. And I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to let you know how I read. And I'm going to read you one day on the cards. I'll get up. Oh, my up. God. I love that. And I'll start drinking again for you. No. <laughs> yes. What do you need to do for you. I mean, you know, it's just a cleanse. Oh God. Well, once again, every time I stop drinking and when my friends were like, oh, you're not drinking. They were like, were you hitting it up? I was like, no, I need to lose weight. Yeah. Added calories. It's all about weight. Which is horrible. <laughs> Honey, you inspire me. You always make me feel good. You took away my, what day is this? Saturday blues? I hope so. Get rid of them blues, girl. I love you. All right. I love you so much. Bye, my psych in the city. If you liked today's episode, please leave me a rating and review, and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening. For more info about me, visit my website at heatherobble.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.